Hi everyone, welcome to the Akashic Podcast. My name is Christian and we are back for another episode. This is season two, episode two. And today we talk about the Essenes. And why are we going to talk about the Essenes? The teachings of the Essenes are teachings that I will sustain and will tell you like I've been telling you guys uh, over the past few months. These teachings have changed my life. The writing on the books, the messages, all of that stuff is not what has changed my life. It has been through the awakening of my own Christ seed by working through simplicity. Simplicity and the connection to everything that has changed my life in more aspects than one. So today we're going to talk about the mysterious scenes as people have called them before. Uh, We will give you some guidance and we are going to give you an activation to work with feelings and emotions. So I'm Christian. This is the Akashic Podcast. Today we talk about the Essenes. Let's get started. Okay, so before we really, really get started, we're going to give you a little bit of a roadmap. I can teach the Essene consciousness and community until the cows come home. Uh, We can do a two-week retreat just to cover the very basics. So um, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to place the Essene community in a bit of a linear timeline just for context. But understand that the Essene community and the Essene essence is just as alive today as if it was when it was thriving. So we're just gonna use the linearity of time for context. Then after that, we're gonna talk about some of the beliefs of the community, and then we'll chat about some of the practices that they did or that they would partake in to come to that consciousness and understanding of the universe. And simplicity is at the key of everything. So now that I've said that, that we can get started. Then after those three things that we'll discuss, we'll go into the guidance, then onto the activation. Let's get going here. Okay, so this segment uh, or this particular uh, piece of the podcast is going to be known as the, the history and the story of everything. So where did the Essenes really start? The teachings of the Essenes are going to start in the old continent of Mu. Thereafter becomes Lemuria. Thereafter, we move our timeline to Atlantis. When Lemuria and Atlantis fall, when beings and those particular places decide that they no longer want to experience balance or unity they want to experience a single consciousness so a single consciousness what i mean by that is a consciousness of i am a consciousness of individuality not a unified consciousness that brings everything into that crystalline grid like animals minerals and plants would or beings that are ascended Um, they wanted to experience individuality and that's a topic for a different day but when the continents fall then Thoth the Atlantean the Atlantean priest he goes ahead and he takes all of the knowledge that was kept in the 13 temples of Atlantis there are 13 skulls in Atlantis and those skulls hold a lot of the knowledge. They are, they are the skulls of the 13 race, the 13 race of wisdom of Atlantis. And he takes all of this knowledge and he brings that right to Egypt. So what is this knowledge? This is the knowledge that we call the seven universal laws. So you can go a couple of episodes back and you can listen to me speak on the Kibalion. The Kibalion becomes the seven universal laws that Lemuria and Atlantis used to master 
and used to live by. The principle of mentalism, the principle of correspondence, the principle of vibration, the principle of polarity, the principle of rhythm, principle of cause and effect, of course, and the principle of gender. So Thoth or Hermes, however you want to know them in, in know him in whichever timeline, he takes the knowledge in those tablets. The tablets become the emerald tablets, which are pretty much a mirror of the Kibalion in a different way. So these tablets happen to be placed under the Sphinx. And then one of the Egyptian pharaohs, Akhenaten, we're going to call him the um, heretic pharaoh. Because what Akhenaten does when he takes the throne, he says, well, wait, why are we worshipping different deities? There is one aspect of the universe that gives you this never-ending life, this cosmic life, this, this unlimited life, and that's the sun. And some of you may know that it is through the sun that we eat pranic energy that comes in through the solar plexus, and that's the life force energy. That's the energy that travels through the nadis, through Ida, Pingala, Shushuma. So what Akhenaten does is he starts to worship the sun. And that is how we get that prayer that you guys have all heard me uh, say. And if you haven't, is thank you, Father, for today starts another day. And once again, you shine upon the sun. For this and all I see around me, I thank you. And Akhenaten starts to worship the sun. So what happens when Akhenaten starts to worship the sun? Well, before the what happens, uh, there is a school of thought that gets started, a school of thought of mysticism, which is where the Order of the Golden Dawn and a lot of other magic societies are going to show up. It becomes, it becomes the school of the Eye of Horus. And the school of the Eye of Horus is, is very interesting. Initiates in the school of the Eye of Horus always come in through the left. They come in being very logical and they always come out through the right, which is the Eye of Ra. The Eye of Ra and the Eye of Horus, which represents the two sides of the brain, the logical and the intuitive brain. And eventually the initiate, when they come out of the school of thought of the Eye of Horus, they know how to work with both aspects of the brain and they know how to control the universe through the seven universal laws. So this school of thought starts um, and and with that, then Akhenaten starts to have problems. He has problems with the other priests because they are saying, well, this guy is changing the way things are done. He's changing the status quo. So you're already starting to see how hierarchies and systems of quote unquote society start to have an issue in limiting people as to what they can do and living through their heart and living through what they feel. So anyways, Akhenaten's body never found. If you ever find out, let me know. Um, so then um, Akhenaten hides the tablets back under the Sphinx. So if you are familiar with the Bible, there is uh, a young prince named Moses. And it is Moses who finds the tablets of Akhenaten understands sun worship, takes in the teachings of the school of the Eye of Horus, and from there, he starts to lead the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, out of Egypt. Whatever the Bible is, whatever the Bible says in the Exodus, Exodus and this and that, some of it true, some of it is not, that's a story for a different day. So, when they leave Egypt and Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, he spends there 40 days, 40 nights. What happens? Well, what happens is he spends there 40 days and 40 nights. Down there at the bottom of the mountain, you have two types of people. You have the people who believe in the promise of Moses as the master and as their teacher. 
And then you have the people who said, well, screw this guy. He's not coming back. Let's worship the goat. So they start worshiping their golden goat. What happens when Moses comes down for 40 day, from 40 days and 40 nights? Oh, wait. And what was the reason that Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights up there? The teachings and the energy that Moses was receiving was so strong that he could not just simply assimilate it and go on his way. He spent a lot of the time laying down with the different masters working on him. Enoch and all of those masters working with him and helping his body make that transition and come to that consciousness. So the Bible is going to say that when Moses comes down, he sees people worshiping a goat. He takes the stone tablets and drops them on the floor and breaks them. He doesn't do that. If you look at the level of consciousness of a person like Moses, why would he break the stone tablets on the floor and say, God damn you people. No. What Moses does, he says, okay, there is a subset of you that need to be, I'm going to say, quote unquote, babysat. So I am going to give you 10 laws. And this is how you are to live your life until you decide, until you yourself decide that you're ready to live life by your own terms. So that was one subset of people. The other subset of people were intuitive people, were the people that trusted the promise. And then they had access to the teachings of Moses, the teachings that were received, the true teachings, the teachings of the school of the Eye of Horus, the teachings of Atlantis, of the Nakal school in Atlantis, the teachings of Lemuria from the house of Aramamuru and Avana the teachings of sacred sexuality, alchemy, potions, and magic. They had access to all of those teachings. So then one of Moses' sons, Essen, he becomes the founder of the Essene community. The Essene community of Mount, Kum, of, uh, of Mount Carmel. Because the people that got the tablets, they also became the Essene community, but they were the Essene community of Qumran. So this is how the, how the Essene community gets really established. It gets established by showing you the universal law of polarity at play. There is the people that live by the book and by the tablet, and there is the people that live by their heart, that live by the promise, that live by their cry seed. So really that's how this story starts to develop itself. So we have the Essenes of Carmel, and then we have the Essenes of Qumran. So we're gonna talk about those two particular communities next. Okay, so Essenes of Carmel, Essenes of Qumran. Two very different communities. You are going to hear a lot more about the Essenes of Qumran because they lived by the book. If it wasn't written in a book, it wasn't the law, they weren't going to follow it. They weren't going to study it. So when you look at all these books, a lot of them are past life regressions, and there's a couple of history style books on the Essenes of Qumran, then you're going to be shown a picture of the Essenes as a sect, a religious sect that lived very strong religious beliefs, and you are more than likely going to get turned off, and you're gonna say, well, Christian, you're starting to turn, into and i'm going to take a little bit of a shot here you're starting to turn into dorian virtue and now <laughs> you're talking about religion uh when you don't even have a religion uh not quite my i understand and we understand the why Qumran had to happen because this is the same thing that you're living here and now you're living with people of Qumran that need to be controlled that need to live by the book that need to see proof of physicality in everything and will not trust themselves or their own highest aspect to make decisions and enjoy their life. 
So if you're going to research stuff on the Essenes, I would look at the Qumran stuff so you get context. And I would look for the Essenes of Carmel. And at the end of this, I'm going to give you some some resources that, that I myself have researched very thoroughly. Um, so then you have the community of, of Carmel, which is the polar opposite of Qumran, duh, the um, law of polarity. The Essenes of Carmel were the intuitive Essenes. This was the Essene community that thrived on intuition and connection to their higher self. And this connection to their higher self mediated their connection to the Heavenly Father or the universe, the Divine Father, and the Earth, the Divine Mother. They were, in a way, raised in the mystery schools, the mystery schools of Nakal, the mystery schools of Aramamuru, the mystery schools of the School of the Eye of Horus and all of those particular practices. So now that I've made this, I guess, differentiation between Qumran and Carmel, now I can talk to you about the Essene community of Carmel. So just to sum it up, when you research the Essenes, you're gonna get a lot of Qumran stuff and it's going to be very secty, very religious. Take it with a grain of salt. Take a look at the Essenes of Carmel. That is, those are your two polarities. And Master Jesus, who was an Essene, he understood the need for both communities. He understood the need to have the books, but he also understood the need to preach from the heart, to work with people from their highest aspects. Uh, We'll talk about Jesus in a tad here, but I just wanted to make that differentiation before uh, you think that I've gone religious on you. Okay. Okay, so now let's talk about the Essenes and their beliefs. The Essenes lived in community. And by community, I mean common unity. So these are two things that come together. And what does it mean to live in common unity? To live in common unity means that I know, I understand, I accept, I love, and I vibrate my life purpose. I understand that I am here to do something, and that something brings me nothing more, nothing less than joy. The first scene maximum is to enjoy life. If I am not enjoying life, then I'm not living, then I'm surviving. So that was the very first belief of belief for the Essene people. They did not believe in money. They did not believe in politics as saying control politics. The way the Essenes um, broke off, well, let me talk about money first. Everyone in the community had a purpose. Everyone in the community found the things that they were good at. When we talk about child rearing for the Essene communities, is you don't look for the mistakes. You don't look where that soul has to do work or where the soul has to get better. You look at what that soul is good at and where they come, where they come to their joy. And it is in that, that they had that life purpose. So if your thing was to make pants for the community, that was your thing. And you're not just making pants, you're still learning, you're still working on transcending your dualities. If you were the uh, lettuce man, then you grew lettuce and then everything happened through exchanging. You didn't need any money. Abundance was freely given and freely received. Second is in maximum, I connect to my abundance. So anyways, um, they divided themselves into seven different levels. Levels one through three were the level of the ignorant. And when we say ignorant, we don't mean, oh, you're ignorant, you're stupid. No, 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 no. This was a soul that was still trying things on trial and error. 
they were trying to understand the law of cause and effect. If I do this, then this happens. If I do that, will this happen? Well, let's find out. Instead of living, those souls were still surviving. They were still trying to understand what happens if such. They, there wasn't really a conscious creation or a conscious aspect of creating their own reality yet. So then, after you move from levels one through three, you move to number four. That's the level of the therapist. The Essene therapist will never, would never work inside the community because the Essenes had nothing to heal. The Essenes lived in unity. They lived in community. So the Essene therapist would go outside of the community. They would go to Egypt and different places around um, near their community to do work, to do work through a number of different practices that, that are passed down in the community. So then they would do that work, then they would come back, and then eventually, once you get past level number four, and then you go from levels five, six, and seven, that is the level of consciousness of the wise. That is the level of consciousness where you've transcended your dualities, where you understand how to control the universe, where you have come to work with your ma with your scene maximums. Just for today, I enjoy my life. Everything I do is out of joy. I connect to my abundance. There is no such thing as lack. I flow with the universe. And whatever I give is what I receive. And I give what I need to give and receive what I need to receive. Just for today, I allow myself to be and I let the other be. There is no judgment. I do what I need to do. The other takes care of themselves. Just for today, I am positive. There's no such thing as negativity in that community. I understand that the universe is mental. And with the universe being mental, anything I think about has the potential to become a reality. So if I don't want it to happen, then I don't even think about it. I don't even speak of it. And then I vibrate with my wishes. So I command the universe at my will to learn what I need to learn and do what I need to do. So that was the portal of the level of consciousness of the wise men. And then the wise men would be the ones to guard the knowledge that comes from Mu, from Atlantis, from Egypt, and all of the, the founding fathers of the predecessors. And they taught that to the community. And that's how you started to come up in levels from ignorant to therapist to eventually be receiving the call of the wise so that that is kind of sort of the the layout of the community it's a community that believed in enjoying their life in being more than abundant in allowing themselves to be an experience and at the same time letting the other do the same thing understanding that you don't control anyone that you don't judge anyone you just flow with the stuff that you want to do a community of positivity, knowing that my words are electric, knowing that my thoughts are electric and they create things and vibrating with my wishes, with what I want to experience. So that was the Essenes as, as a community, a community that managed to thrive then with all of those things in place, they managed to have a single consciousness while inhabiting physical bodies which is something that in this time time and age we're still trying to figure out because we're still individual consciousness that is trying to work at a unity level but we get lost we get lost in i'm an individual today i'm in oneness tomorrow we let the pendulum swing left and right very wildly without controlling it and taking the best of both worlds. So that is the difference between the Essenes and where we live now. So then what I'm going to talk to you about next is I'm going to talk to you about the Essene practices and the Essene beliefs. How is it that they managed to do what they did or what they still do, uh, some of us, and, uh, and how it works for the level of consciousness. So at a physical and at a spiritual level, 
What was it that made these scenes be who they were? What was it that really made the community work and make things flow just the way it did? And it's a very simple concept to understand. It's the concept of Trinity. So the Essenes understood that they came from the universe or from space or from somewhere bigger. And they call this aspect the Heavenly Father. So every night when their physical body went to sleep, they knew that their soul would leave this earthly plane and they would go back to the Heavenly Father and the soul would do the things that the soul does whenever you sleep, which is complete different astral travels, visit different emanations of yourself in different dimensions. So they understood that they were children of the stars that were here for a limited time. So then what is here? Here is what we call the earthly mother or the garden of sister and brotherhood. You're going to hear me use that term a lot, especially if you follow my social media. So the earth is this garden of sister and brotherhood where I find myself being present in a physical incarnation because it is in this physical incarnation where I can experience an individual consciousness that has a beginning that has a middle and that has an end. This is where I experience things that start, that happen and that end. When I experience things that the Essenes would tell you are not real. They're reflections and they're mirrors of myself and my egregors that I need to transcend and that I need to learn. So then, how do I mediate being a spiritual being from the highest aspect of the universe and being a physical being that vibrates in the matter of the things that begin and end because the soul never ends? I do so by my inner peace. And it is in my connection to my inner peace and doing the things that I want to do the things that bring me joy, the things that make my life worth living, the things that fulfill me, not the things that sustain me, not the things that I do for money or the things that I do for other stuff, the things that enrich the soul and make me that, make me that spirit, make me that fulfilled spirit in my physical form and make me that physical form fulfilled in the spirit. So that is what is called the sevenfold peace or the inner peace of the Essenes. That was the bridge. So what is it that they understood? They understood that the universe wasn't a duality. The universe was a trinity. If, if you see the universe as a duality, then you're missing the middle. Because if you live in a duality, you go from one side of the pendulum to the other. But when you live in a trinity, you bring balance. You understand that the left side of the pendulum is bringing you something, and the right side of the pendulum is giving you an equally important something. And it is in the dance of both of those things that happens through your inner peace that you go ahead and live that heaven on earth, that nirvana, that Christ seed, in full spirit or you can live it on earth that's where miracles happens happen that's where precipitation happens is in that inner peace and that coming to aspect of yourself so how did they do this every morning when they woke up when they came back into the garden of sister and brotherhood they connected to through different angels and each day there was an angel to connect with so you had the angel of earth to honor the element of earth the element the angel of the sun to honor the the element of fire and the will the angel of water to honor the element of water and your emotions and there's the angel of air the the angel that honors the element of air and honors the aspect of your thinking so in these daily communions, they walk with each one of those angels. And on top of that, they worked with the angel of life. The angel that gives that spark of all that is 
in the matter. The angel that assists in opening up those seeds. And then finally, the angel of joy, which is the angel that leads them to happiness. So on each one of those days, they started by connecting to the earthly mother. Then they would connect to each one of those angels and they would always keep those things present throughout the day. If it was the, the day of the earth, it was the day of grounding. If it was the day of joy, it was the day of finding the joy in my incarnation. If it was the day of the sun, it was the day of finding my creativity and my driving force. If it was the day of water, it was understanding flow and so on and so forth. So then in, in the evening, they would focus on their spiritual aspects. And this also worked with the angelic forces, but we were working with the angels of the Heavenly Father because when I go to sleep, I go back to the Heavenly Father. So then I'm working with angels such as the angel of eternal life, the angel that teaches me that life never ends. You only get one life, and I'm gonna get into this in later episodes. You only get one life. The stuff that we call past lives or other lives is just a different emanation of yourself at a different vibration and a different frequency. But life is never ending because the soul is eternal. So you connect to the angel of eternal life so you understand that concept. The angel of creative work, the angel that helps you to lead this incarnation through your highest aspect. And then you have three more angels that really push forward the concept of Trinity. The angel of wisdom, the angel of love, and the angel of power. The angel of power is the angel of my divine will is what gives me that power to make a decision and follow through with it and to get things started. The angel of wisdom is the angel that leads me to take all of my experiences. And once I become conscious of them, then I turn that into wisdom. Then I know that A equals B. And I will know consciously if I want to engage in A and if I want B. I start to master cause and effect. And finally, the angel of love. The angel of love is the angel of conscious action. Unconditional love is what we call conscious action because when I work from unconditional love, I'm working from a point forward that doesn't require me to have a condition for anything and everything that I do. I'm working from a point forward that is seeing me grow and is seeing my will fulfilled. I'm not surviving, I'm living. And I'm doing what makes me happy and I'm enjoying my my incarnation. That was the main thing for the Essenes. It was to enjoy your life. And if you weren't enjoying your life, there was something happening and they would get to the bottom of it through their number of therapies. So that is what made the Essene community work is the aspect of Trinity. The aspect of Trinity and that connection to the angels of the earthly mother, the angels of the heavenly father, and they will always mediate it by your aspect of inner peace. That is, it is in that inner peace where I can live in a collective consciousness while living in an individual consciousness or in a physical aspect that is living things that happen that start, happen, and then end. That is what made the Essenes such an enigma. That is what made the Essenes something that you either embrace or something that you push away. So I guess to really just bring the point home, Uh, of this particular episode is to introduce you to a different consciousness. Uh, You're gonna understand that there are different schools of thought and with that comes different consciousness. The Essenes are a different school of thought and our consciousness that to look and understand, we need to look beyond the labels of religion that have been placed on them. We have to look beyond the need for something cosmic for something mystic, for something hidden. 
and it's a call and an invitation to simplicity. Uh, this is why I love these teachings so much and why I have been sharing them um, very strongly and, and very widely in the, in the last set of courses that I started to teach. And um, this is going to culminate into something very big come March that we're actually going to go and retreat for to prepare. But that's a story for another day. But the point here is, is to understand the trinity of yourself. Understand that you're a spiritual being that is eternal and that you're living an incarnation that has a beginning, has a middle, and has an ending. And if you are so worried about the beginning, the middle, and the ending that you're missing your spirituality, then you need to come to that inner peace and bring those two things together. If you're so focused on the spiritual that you're forgetting that things have a that things right now have a beginning, a middle, and an end, then you need to come back to that inner peace and bring both of those aspects. It's that middle living, the middle path of the Buddha, the middle path of the Ascender Masters. That is where the consciousness lies. And this community, through their teachings, through their healing, through all the work that they have done, I believe are making a good case for simplicity, are making a good case for community. And not community as a group of people that just gather together and do this and do that and exclude other people, but a common unity where everyone, absolutely everyone has something to, has something to give because that's what makes their soul unique and that is well accepted and that is well welcome. And then through that, we will work through the kinks. Yeah, you have some kinks. Yeah, you have some experiences that you need to understand and that's fine. You can work through those. But as long as you are given what you're here to give, as long as your incarnation is one that you enjoy and that you find yourself living not surviving not i do this because i have to but i do this because i want to that is the purpose of living to live and those are the scenes a very brief and dirty introduction but you're going to see that i will expand more and more on the teachings as we go uh if you want to know more by all means, shoot me a message. Uh, as well, check out my social media. Um, I've gone ahead and uh, and done a lot of work on that. There is a, a series that I've started every day called Teachings of the Sabbath. And it's called, Do You Have Seven Minutes? And in those seven minutes, I'm giving a teaching on the Saturday, on the quote unquote holy day. And that is bringing some more perspective. As well, I do have a video course available now called The Seven Essene Mirrors that will give you an understanding of the Essenes and the way they used to heal and the way you come to that consciousness by healing your mirrors. And um, that is now available on video course as well by contacting me. And I have something that I'm preparing or that we are preparing uh, that is going to uh, be announced here very shortly. So with that said, that is the episode. So that is our episode for this week. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. As always, it is uh, well appreciated to have you here. Uh, thank you to all of you who take the time to write to me about the podcast and email and Instagram and Facebook. Um, your kind words are what keeps me going and what keeps me motivated uh, to keep on doing this. If there's anything that you want to see, just go ahead and shoot me a message and we'll be happy to get it on here. Um, someone did ask us to talk about sort of the theoretical underpinnings behind the Akashic Records. So the, the, that story of everything that I gave you at the beginning of this particular episode, we're going to, we're going to dive deeper into that a little bit. We're going to talk to you about the house, um, the house of Numu in, in Mu. We're going to talk to you about Lemuria. We're going to talk to you about Atlantis, uh, the schools of the eye of horrors. We're going to, we're going to bring all that home for you as well, uh, in very specific terms. So whatever you want to see, just let us know. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Um, Thank you for, for all the comments, the constructive comments, everything that you bring me, uh, it's always well taken. So with that said, 
this is the episode for the week or for the two weeks. I will see you next time. And I believe we are going to be chatting about past lives. And I'm going to turn the concept on its head for you like I do with everything else. And we'll see what we get from that. So my name is Christian. This is the Akashic Podcast. I will see you next time and your guidance come next, as well as a little activation. Have a great couple of weeks. And as you know, this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast to give you guidance for the next little while till we meet again. And this guidance will always be timeless. So if you come to this a year from now, two years from now, it definitely matters to you right now. As long as there is a resonance level, obviously, because you found it for a reason. So for this little bit of a cycle of two weeks, remember to end things with the same impetus and the same excitement and the same anticipation as when you started them. Because every cycle that you open needs to be closed. You can't just leave bleeding patches of energy everywhere you go because that turns into illness. So with the same impetus that you started something, be willing to end it. Because when you're willing to end something in the best of terms, in the best of release, in the best of healing, then you set yourself up to start growing in a different aspect of yourself and move on to the next journey. Then you can start happy, whole, complete, and ready to think on what's new. You're not dragging that old backpack of worries. You're not dragging that old backpack of regret. So be willing to end things. Be willing to die from time to time and see what that brings you. And with that said, when we're talking about ending things, do not be afraid to outgrow relationships. Do not be afraid to outgrow ways of thinking. Do not be afraid to outgrow your teachers. You have to grow. The next few months are going to be all about growing and where you go from the processes that you have closed or that you still have open. So I invite you, we invite you uh, with my spirit collective to go ahead and take a look at yourself right now and see what's still open. See what's still open that has no more bearing and has no more importance and go ahead and put it to the universe and in the most loving release, let it go and come to your freedom and come to where you need to be so you can move forward. And so it is and so it shall be. Thank you for being here. This is the Akashic Podcast. And uh, the short activation that, that I'm going to teach you today is, is short, is sweet. Um, last time I taught you how to work with your thoughts. So this time I'm going to teach you how to work with your emotions. I'm going to teach you how to work with your feelings and your emotions. And from there, we are going to see how this works. And you can do this activation after you work with your thoughts. And then tap into some emotions that you might be holding back on or some emotions that need closure. And that will give you that clear head and that clear heart throughout the day. So I hope you enjoy it. And let me know if you have any feedback. And as we start every single meditation or activation, if you're doing this separately, we're going to start with our tube of light. And this is a crystalline tube that comes from five meters above your head, just where your higher self is going to sit. And with each conscious breath, you're going to bring down that tube of light to cover you from head to toe, just as if you were inside a crystal clear quartz. And from this crystal clear quartz that is now covering you from head to toe, you're going to see little tiny roots. And these little tiny roots are going to help you make a connection to the earth, 
to your Divine Mother. And as you make this connection to the Divine Mother, bring all of your unconditional love and bring all of your consciousness to the heart center. And with both hands on your heart, with all of your consciousness, and with the highest amount of intention and unconditional love that you can muster, we will be showing gratitude to the universe. You can do this in your own way, or you can go ahead and follow me as I do it. Thank you, Father, for today dawns another day, and one more day you shine upon the sun. For this and all I see, I give you thanks. And as we vibrate in this most loving gratitude, as we take three deep breaths, we'll make that connection to our heart center one more time. And we're just going to sit here for a couple of moments. Sit here. Vibrate with yourself. Vibrate in the most unconditional love that is your universe. Be mindful of your trinity. Be mindful of your connection to the universe, on your connection to the earth. And be, and be mindful of that inner peace that resides within your heart. This is the inner peace that has the power to bring everything into unison and to bring everything into balance. And now, with a consciousness deep in your heart, go ahead and ask yourself, what is a feeling that I am holding on to at the moment? What is a feeling that is not letting me be in peace, that keeps either dragging me backwards, that keeps coming up and keeps taking away this aspect of inner peace? What is this feeling? And when you're ready, in your mind's eye, about a meter away, you're going to go ahead and start to see this feeling manifested. This feeling is going to manifest itself into a shape. It'll manifest itself into a color. Don't overthink it. The shape, the color, whatever shows up, that is the right manifestation. That is the right color. That is the right shape. There's no need to overthink. Now take a look at this feeling from the inside out. Take a look at this feeling and take a look at all of the power that you've given it. What is this feeling really hiding? Is it hiding my own fears? Is it hiding a limitation that I've placed on myself? Is it hiding a limitation that someone else has placed on me? Just take a look. Just engage. Engage with that feeling. And as you start to ask yourself these questions, where does this feeling come from? Who put it there? Why is it there? As the answers to these questions start to flow, you're going to see that the color of the feeling starts to change the shape of the feeling starts to change. And as the color and the shape of the feeling start to change, and as you're ready to release, and as you're ready to make peace, you're going to see that right in between you and this feeling comes the most beautiful rose that you have ever seen, the most beautiful petals, the most beautiful stem, And as this happens, you see the energy of the rose clean up the energy of that feeling. As that energy starts to become crystal clear, 
then all you have to do to take your power back is say whatever this feeling may be i thank you for the lesson i thank you for the awareness i thank you for this understanding in myself that i needed to come to today thank you thank you thank you and now go on as i'm ready to move forward and as you go ahead and repeat this evocation you're going to see that the rose transmutes the feeling into this beautiful golden light and shape and that feeling disappears and as you see that feeling disappear feel a little bit lighter feel a little bit more grounded Feel a little bit better connected and ready to take on what comes next for you. So bring your hands back to your heart. Vibrate in the most unconditional love. Vibrate in the most gratitude for yourself. For being open to moving forward. For being open to take in your consciousness, from being open to recognizing the things that are blocking you that have been self-imposed. It is here when you take your consciousness that you're able to move forward. So for as long as you need to, just go ahead and sit here. Just sit here in the most loving communion with yourself. I will give you about a minute and during this minute, simply just be, simply just be, simply just ponder, simply release what needs to be released, and very slowly start to come on back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And may this short practice and activation be of service to you whenever you need it. Thank you.